Welcome to the sit down with your host, Justin Starr. Welcome to the first episode of the sit down with Justin Starr. I have a well in my in my eyes is a huge guest. Uh, I've known him for years now, quite some time. I've known him for quite some time. Uh, we went we go back to jazz choir in middle school. <laughs> I believe oh I believe that's the first time I really you know I'm really good friends with his younger brother, Keelan. Um, Corey, how are you? Thank oh. you for being on the show. I'm great, man. Happy to kick this off. Yeah, so uh, for all of you that don't know, Corey is the founder of the Long Island Center of Mindfulness. Um, so you, you travel everywhere now, right? Yeah, so I mean, a big part of my work is with the Long Island Center for Mindfulness. So I do a lot of workshops, retreats in the Long Island area. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wear a, a couple other hats. Um, I teach mindfulness over at Columbia Teachers College and then mindfulness and positive psychology over at the University of Pennsylvania. So I travel for that, um, but do also just a lot of workshops, retreats, and speaking engagements with corporations, healthcare systems, and uh, schools around the country and outside of the country. Now, I have to ask, so I knew you, you know, growing up, like I said, when did you really think that, like, wow, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do this? Like, was there something that, like, sparked it in your head, or was it just kind of like, like, how'd that come about? Yeah, so I, I mean... You know me back from middle school and then high, high school. school, and yeah. I don't know if you remember in high school, but I mean, my claim to fame was I, I was do a remember candy this. man. I was in the business. I was in the sales. I was I, I would go to Costco every single day and buy like three hundred dollars worth of candy, and then I would unload it uh, throughout the entire day. Nobody, <laughs> nobody could touch uh, the candy selling business because I had monopolized it. So I mean, when people I think think of me back in high school, uh, obviously that's a very one dimensional perspective. But uh, I don't think they thought, I know people didn't think I would be doing what I was doing, what I'm doing yeah. now. And I didn't either. And uh, that sort of shift, I mean, doesn't happen in a moment. I, I think there's a, a maturation of mind. There's a series of experiences that happen that I think lead someone to make that kind of a life transition. And uh, I went to a small liberal arts school at Allegheny mm-hmm. College. Uh, you know, 2,100 people, so not a big school, but I had um, accumulated a lot of different friends that were studying different things, philosophy, psychology, English, uh, and I was an economics major, um, but in all these different friendships, I started to open my mind up to different ideas and ways of being and living and other thing that could be, other stuff that could be value, maybe valuable outside the world of finance. Uh, and then I had this hippie girlfriend who was in a meditation and I basically started to meditate so that she would think I was cooler than I was. <laughs> I was like, oh, look at me, I meditate. Uh, and, and that's how it, it's kick started. There were a couple other things, you know, going on around that time. Uh, my father had been getting into meditation and all that, but it was, uh, I really started practicing when I found out she was doing it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so in, I would say within like a few weeks, I was meditating and, and my sleep radically improved. I was waking up 30 times a night and then within three weeks of meditation, I, I was waking up like two to three times a night. Uh, and that was a huge change for me. My focus improved. My, um, you know, I'd noticed my mind wandering. I could stay more present in class. So there was an academic improvement. And then my stress levels started to go down and I just felt better. And I was like, all right, there's something going on with this. And uh, got really inspired to p- 
pursue it more deeply. So shout out to hippie girlfriend. Yes, shout out to hippie girlfriend. <laughs> shout out to hippie girlfriend. Yes. All right. So now you 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 know you got into it. You started you know really finding these things that were like drastically changing. When did you decide that you were going to go to where was Southeast Asia? Yeah, Southeast, Southeast Asia, and you were just going to meditate in silence for six months. Because I remember when that happened. Was that two thousand? 12 2013 that was 2012 yeah so i remember that and i remember keelan being like yeah Corey's, you know gonna go become a monk and i was like yeah. what like, my, my like, brother. like Corey. and so i remember actually seeing you the night you came back that's and, right yeah so i at- so i was in your basement with i for, oh, i can't remember who else was it there was billy 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 finnan, finnan might have been there yeah. uh johnny might have been there yeah uh and it was just me me and uh keelan you know we're just playing n64 down in the basement and he had said that you had returned that day and in my head dude i'm like he's bald he, he, he's not he's not gonna talk he's not gonna do anything he's, he's, he's like i was freaked out to see you for the first time after this all happened yeah. and you came back you came down to the basement i think you had just woken up from a nap and you were the same Corey Mascara. <laughs> yeah. I think you like cracked a joke like instantly. I was like, all right, you haven't changed at all. Yeah. But uh, can you tell me about that? Like, what was it like being in silence for six months? I I can't even think about doing that. So, yeah. Like, and I saw like all the pictures on Facebook and everything. So just tell me about that experience because that had to be that had to be the life you know altering experience that you know yeah. led to all of this. Sure, sure. Uh, so for those that maybe aren't familiar, um, I'll assume that most aren't. Uh, when I graduated college, I, I went over to Burma and did a, a, a six-month silent meditation retreat in a monastery over there. And during that period of time, we're meditating 14 hours a day from 3 a.m. until 9.30 p.m. Um, there's no reading, writing, listening to music, and speaking. So it's a mostly silent retreat other than the few minutes every three days you talk to your teacher. Uh, it's two meals a day, 5.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. And I had ordained as a monk while I was over there, so I shaved my head. And I really wanted to go there to do a deep dive uh, into the practice of meditation, uh, specifically because, you know, I, this was very different than my life uh, previously. When mm-hmm. I was in college, most people did not think I'd be doing something like this and mm-hmm. uh, had a relatively good life. And I was, uh, you know, I was in fraternity in college. I was a social chair. Yeah. So, I mean, I was very active in the party scene and also like the leadership scene. So I wasn't just like, drinking all the time but it wasn't like there was a lot of a ton of stress or a lot of suffering in my life yeah but what I was seeing is a lot of my friends um, who were older than me were graduating and thought they they figured it all out and they got the job that they wanted and they had the girlfriend that they wanted and they just thought all right yeah I got it and then three years would go by and they'd be miserable and they're like what the heck am I doing with my life and Mm -hmm. I thought I had it all pieced together and I don't and it terrified me that uh that could happen to me as well. And I really wanted to find if there was a possibility to cultivate a well-being, a contentment, a peace, or an inner happiness, whatever you want to call it, that was not so derived on the external factors of my life, meaning that there could still be a foundational contentment and well-being independent of the relationship, independent of having this house, this car, this job, this amount of money. Uh, obviously, some form of external uh, uh, arrangement of your life is important. We we do need those variables, but I think we place too much emphasis on how the external world looked for us. So I wanted to uh, I wanted to strip myself from those things for a period of time mm-hmm. and find 
um, an inner well-being, as cliche and as hippie as it sounds. Yeah. It's, that was very compelling to me. So that was a big impetus for, for going over there. And, uh, and so, I mean, it was a crazy experience. I went from uh, my life as it was, uh, eating whatever, three meals a day, mm-hmm. Italian food, oh, yeah. wine, uh, I have dinner. I mean, that wasn't my life, Italian food and wine, but like, <laughs> that was one thing, to like only eating two meals a day and rice and, and vegetables, uh, to not speaking, right, and, and meditating 14 hours a day. So I was going to leave within about six days because, uh, I don't know if you remember, but I wrote this whole b- big blog post. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely, so yeah. Everyone knew that I was doing this. And within six days, I was going to come home because the the pain of it was so difficult. Specifically, the physical pain. Mm-hmm. My all the muscles in my back went into spasm. I couldn't breathe fully. Uh, I was hunched over. Uh, I was sweating because it's like a hundred degrees there. There's a, a language barrier when you do get to talk to your teachers, so you you feel like you can't connect. And there's ants and there's bugs and the spiders are as big as your hands and there's mosquitoes. Uh. And, I mean, it's it's just, it was really rough for me compared to what I was used to at that point. So, um, I was, I was going to come home and, uh, and then what I, you know, one of the first big insights I had while I was there was just seeing that when, anytime I would notice physical pain in my body, Mm -hmm. I would also notice this story going on in my mind, the story of like, this is stupid. Why are you here? What's wrong with your body? No one else looks like they're struggling as much as you are. There's no way you're going to get through six months of this. And then when those thoughts would arise, then it would trigger emotions of anger, frustration, mm-hmm. loneliness, doubt. And then those emotions would make the pain worse. And I saw very clearly that I, I was creating more suffering for myself based on the story I was telling around it. Meaning like the thoughts that I was layering on top of the physical pain. The pain was not something that I could control. It was going to be there as long as I was at that experience. But the, the thinking around it, the thoughts that I was caking on top of it, that I did have a little more influence over. And at that point, what I was doing was just basically berating myself and, and beating myself up and saying, like, there's no way you could do this. And that inner narrative was triggering all these emotions of anger and frustration. Yeah. And that that's what was leading to this feeling of, I can't do this anymore. When I stopped taking that voice so seriously and started watching those thoughts just as, like, another cloud passing through the sky, um, I saw that the pain, as much as I didn't want it to be there, I could be with it more if I wasn't so caught in the story around it. There was a distinction between the experience and then the story about the experience. And seeing that distinction allowed me uh, to manage the actual experience itself without getting so caught and consumed by it. And that was the first big insight there, that maybe I could control how much I suffer around an experience. And if if this is really something that I want to dive into, I mean, what a great thing to bring back into my life potentially this ability to meet really difficult things that are going to arise because this is like in a safe space i'm in a monastery and i'm dealing with physical pain like what happens when the proverbial stuff really does hit the proverbial fan and um the rug gets pulled out from beneath me Mm -hmm. in my life this is that's the work and if i could start working with the physical pain and and finding peace within what i was considering the absence of peace uh that would be a huge resource to take with me in my life. So is that when you really, you know, is that when you started, you know, I can do this and it started getting easier and easier and then it kind of just became, I don't want to say it became almost normal, but that's when you, you realize like that, that cloud of whatever just yeah. 
because I, I, I'm actually, you, you know, my situation right now, uh, I was just like, oh, uh, and I, I'm also starting to have that doubt. Like, I'm 25 years old right now. All my friends, you know, are doing this and that and this and that. They're all moved out and whatnot. And now I'm having that, you know, ounce of doubt. Like, what the hell am I doing with my dad, you know? Yeah. So I, I, I guess I can sort of, you know, relate to that as if you were, you know, when you were down there saying you can't do it six days in, yeah. uh, which is really crazy. Uh, so then... You can't. You came back. Uh, when did you decide that you were going to start? You know, you know, building up your own business and your own foundation. Yeah. When? Well, I came back and I had such a radical experience. I mean, the experience I just shared that happened within six days, and so I was there for two hundred days in total. Uh, and the insights and the learnings and the growth and the the maturity of mind just deepened more and more and more and it was radical and i i came out still as you remember like very yeah. much the same person yeah, yeah, yeah. still my personality is still making poop jokes and yeah. <laughs> you know it was i i didn't change in that way but there was something else that went that shifted internally where i came back and i was a completely different person and so much less judgment toward myself um so much greater peace like i became my own best friend which was huge uh and so i was inspired to um share this work with other people i really really inspired and so i wanted to teach and uh the way that started was i was at a chiropractor's office dr sanagra uh here in sable and because you know i I was sitting for so many hours Mm -hmm. for six months straight i need to i just wanted to get some work done and I was, I'm talking to the, uh, the, the ladies at the front desk and they're asking me about the experience. And, you know, I was just off of 200 days of meditating 14 to 18 hours yeah. a day. So I'm, I'm in this very like tranquil space. And, uh, and so there's this guy sitting in the waiting room and he sees, he sees me talking to the ladies at the front desk and hears the experience. And so I go sit down and I sit next to him and he turns to me and he's like, Hey man, do you teach this stuff? And I'm like, uh, I mean, not yet. I'd like to at some point, but yeah. I just got back. He's like, dude, if if I need I need someone like if you if you do this, um, like I, I I want to meet with you, and I have another buddy that I can meet with you. He said, I just came back from my therapist, and my my therapist said that aside from you meeting a monk, I don't know how else we can help you. This is That's, a true story. That and is it's weird. crazy. Like that I can't make weird. that up. And his his name's John. He shares the story all the time. But he had just returned. I don't know if it was that day or the day before a, a session with this therapist. And his therapist said, "Aside from you meeting a monk, I don't know what else that we can do for you." And I had just I wasn't a monk at that time, but I had just ordained as a monk, came back. So John um, became my first student, and he and a, a friend of his, also John, we met in my father's uh, office, who's a physician on Long Island. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the small room, and I just gave them uh, everything. I gave them my heart uh, for I think it was for the first few months. I was just working with them. We'd meet once a week, and. Um, things really started to shift for them in a huge way. And then they started telling other people. And then I ran this eight-week program called Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction that I was trained to teach. And we had 11 people at Sable Hot Yoga, mm-hmm. and that went really well. And then people started talking, and it built from there. And you know, then I went into – then I, I created what was the Long Island Center for Mindfulness, which was just a, an umbrella name for mm-hmm. what I, the work I was doing. Uh, and I started doing – teaching stuff in schools and the schools would hire me to come in and an organization they would hire me and then um and the hospital would bring me in and it just it grew very organically wow that's crazy and and it's all just blossomed to um 
what it's becoming and growing into and I love I absolutely love uh, my work and I, I love that it can be impactful I love that I can make a living doing it and uh, yeah. I get to continue to immerse myself in this stuff now how did I know uh, this was also a big thing um, going on the Dr. Oz show so right. how did how did that come about because all of a sudden I see you posting on Facebook I'm going to be on you know Dr. Oz for this and that and I, wa- I was like holy like Dude, that's Corey, like right there with Dr. Oz. So tell me, like, how did that come about? How did, yeah. I have no idea. So I was, (laughs) I was in my basement. This was maybe a year after I got back from Asia. I was, I remember being in my basement, just figuring out like, how can I get schools to let me come in and give like free presentations? I like, it was was like that. That was at the stage of my, of my teaching that I was at. Uh, and I get this call on my cell phone saying, you know, hi, this is Jessica from uh, the Dr. Oz show. Uh, we're doing a segment on mindfulness and we're, we're looking at you as a potential guest to come in. And at this point, like, I thought this is someone from college <laughs> pulling my leg because, I mean, I had done nothing. Uh, and I'm not saying, like, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for Dr. Oz. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm not saying, like, that's the pinnacle of anything. But that was, like, a big yeah, yeah, deal yeah, yeah. for sure. Absolutely. Uh, and, and so I, I went along with it and I talked to my dad. I was like, I don't know if this is a prank or not, but they, they want me to make some videos of me talking about mindfulness. And I did, and they got back to me and I, I had to do like several rounds of that cause they were looking at some other people. And then they, they said, okay, we, we'd like for you to be the guest. And then like four days later, I was supposed to go to the studio and, uh, we'd filmed our first thing. And so, uh, that, that was like, I think my first experience with TV and I've done, a number of other things with mm-hmm. him since maybe four or five other episodes uh, on mindfulness, um, but that, you know that was a it was a cool <laughs> it was a cool thing oh, to do. Definitely, definitely cool watching you on it. Uh, now, I, I I'm just like mesmerized about how you know you went away and then you come back and you pretty much start this thing from the ground. It's you planted a seed and it's grown into this. You know where you're traveling, you're going away and doing retreats. Like I were like you started off. Literally, I th- did you have like people like going into like where 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 were your first classes like mm. taking place like yeah and so I I mean I can't take credit I don't know if I could take credit for anything because I mean I've had such huge support systems since yeah. I was a young kid so I mean even the 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 people say oh it was so courageous to go over to Burma I mean was it I I was in a position where I was willing to expose myself to something that was more difficult Mm -hmm. if I had experienced tremendous trauma in my life when I was earlier if I had a different genetic disposition I have different family whatever I might not have been in a space where I would have been able to take take a leap of faith to do something like that so I don't know how much credit I could take for that and when it comes to like building the work that I did uh huge shout out to uh Lara who's the former owner of Sable Hot Yoga. She let me use the space for free. She said, "Like, run some groups here." Um, I had a, a place in my father's office to when I started working with my first two clients. So there was privilege that I already had there. There were a lot of variables that allowed this to happen. Um, so I, I don't want to. I, I can't say like you know this is just me. I built this. I did put a lot of work into it for sure, um, and and really threw my whole life into it. But a lot of people helped along the way. It's just, I, I'm just still, you know, mind blown by this whole thing. And now if, if I were to, you know, look into, you know, meditating on all, all this stuff, you do host, you, are you still holding those classes at, uh, the Sayville's, uh, old Sayville library, correct? Yeah, that's When's right. that? That's. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, I've run a lot of stuff on Long Island for anyone that's in the area. Yeah. Um, uh, 
but I do have a I have a donation based group now every Tuesday night. So it's Tuesday seven to eight thirty p.m. Uh, at the Old Saver Library now, um, the, a Unitarian Church, and um, we we use that space and we have an awesome community, somewhere between like sixty to ninety people that we get each week. So it's growing in a nice way. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome way to just you know learn some of the basics of meditation. But uh, and and then I give a talk and. It's just a really, really nice place. So, yeah, if anyone wants to come, it would be great to have you there. Yeah, absolutely. And now now this might sound like a weird question, but this is just something that – have have you ever had, like, an outer body experience? Like, I, I, I can only imagine that. Have you actually had one of those or – Yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of trippy experiences in meditation. Out of body for sure. Uh, can you, like ex- – like, can you describe no, I, it? I, I you can't, can't really. Right? I mean, it's – it's like you're watching yourself, uh, an awareness of what's happening without, um, like being in the, what's happening. Uh, you know, one of the things that, that mindfulness taps you into is just the ability to see, right. If you, the mind is typically thinking and then we're typically thinking about our thinking, mm-hmm. but there's also an awareness that knows that we're thinking, right? If you, if you say like, what are you thinking right now? You have to tune into the awareness of, Oh, what am I thinking? So there's this a capacity of mind that's able to be aware of what's happening without thinking about what's happening. Yeah. And, uh, we, we call that awareness in this work. And so the more you get in touch with that space of awareness, that's able to, perceive what is happening outside of the the cognitive thought process of that thing the more we touch into like another i don't want to say dimension because that sounds really out there but just an, another part of our humanness that is uh, still intimately involved with it, what's happening but also uh, like an observer of the experience and that's not necessarily an out-of-body experience, but yeah. mindfulness allows us to see, oh, there's an emotion right now. Oh, there's a thought right now. Oh, there's a pain in my body. I can be aware of that while it's happening without necessarily reacting to it. Because how often do you know, yeah. we experience something like anger and then maybe we say something we're going to regret? Um, or there's a thought that comes up of like, I'm an idiot. What if I fail again? And then we spend the next 12 hours just ruminating around why I'm such an idiot and why I'm going to fail again. And we can go through our life on automatic pilot, not aware of that that's even happening. Yeah. As we bring awareness to this, we see, oh, look what's going on. whole lot of thoughts going on. Yeah. Really not serving me in a positive way. And oh, this emotion that's here right now. Can I watch that happening? Can I be aware that that's happening, but not have to be uh, immersed in it or so self-identified with it? So there is, you, you deepen this ability to watch your experience uh, without being consumed by your experience. And, and um, so I, I wouldn't necessarily put that in the category of outer body experiences, yeah, but, but if you do, if you're doing 14, 20 hours of meditation a day, yeah, some things are going to happen. <laughs> for sure. uh, so now you're, you're, I don't want to say you're traveling the world, but you know, I think you're going to Australia in how long are you going? Uh, yeah, I'll be there end of November. Um, yeah, I'm out of the country. I'm. My work is bringing me more and more out of uh, the country. And now uh, these people are just reaching out to you, correct? Like they 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 want you to come down. They want you to run these retreats. Uh, a lot you... of it's corporate stuff. So corporations. Yeah. Um, so I was talking to a company in uh, like Singapore, and so they have a a, a, um, a division there, and they want to do trainings for their employees for mindfulness to reduce stress, improve focus, um, improve. Imp- employee engagement, reduced employee turnover rate, which we're finding um, can be a benefit of when people start practicing this stuff. So, yeah, these big corporations are willing to fly people in to, to teach this. Now, can you tell me, like, 
because I've, I've obviously, you know, haven't gone on a retreat, but can you tell me, you know, how the retreats usually work? Like when you wake up, is it, you know, meditating and then lunch or can you just like talk me through how a normal retreat would go? Sure. I mean, it, it depends on what you're looking for. Okay. Uh, you could go on silent retreats like I went to mm-hmm. over in Asia and, and that is you're waking up pretty early in the morning, four or five, and then you're meditating like 12 hours a day where you do maybe 45 minutes of a sitting meditation and then this walking meditation where you're walking very slowly, paying attention to all the sensations in your feet. And they're basically concentration practices, I'd okay. say. Uh, so on a silent retreat, you're in silence and you're just doing that all day, every day, mm-hmm. really training the mind. Um, my retreats are different and they're not fully silent and um, they involve a lot more conversation, me speaking a lot more, me teaching about different topics. So the popular one I run on Long Island is a weekend retreat, starts on a Friday night, goes to a Sunday night. And, you know, the first night we're just getting used to being in that space, talking about what is mindfulness, why are we here, how does the brain change when you practice this, how this is maybe a form of mental fitness. Um, and then, like, getting in touch, getting people in touch with, like, why are you actually here? Mm-hmm. So we start building the container of, of the group and what has brought people here, seeing the common threads. And then we start taking a deeper dive the next day where we learn more of these practices um body scan practice awareness of breath some mindful movement and i'm talking about it often in relationship to stress relationship in uh to the the daily things that a person is most often working through how to amplify and improve and deepen what you most appreciate and love and and be able to see what is good in your life even when it feels like there's nothing good and when there is a lot that's not good how do we shift our relationship to that in such a way that we're not being totally sucked into it Mm -hmm. like a black hole Uh, so we work on all of those things and i get people from all different walks of life, CEOs of corporations, um, younger people right out of college, uh, people that have, have spent just their lives maybe raising children and, and now the children have moved out and they're looking for a new identity and you know the, the empty nester. So a, a lot of that and yet we, all, we always find that there's common threads for what is bringing a person there and people get different things out of the same curriculum and it's, it's a beautiful thing to witness. That's, uh, it sounds tremendous. Um, so now, now that, you know, you're, you're going to be going away. I, first of all, want to thank you for, you know, taking even just the smallest of time to be with me on my, you know, my first, uh, at my first episode of the sit down. Uh, how can people, you know, if people want to get into this, how can they find you? Yeah. So, I mean, I have a way that, uh, if people want some follow up resources, um, all they'd have to do is if, if you text your email address to this number, 631-337-8298, you're going to get an automated email to your inbox that will have like 10 of my guided meditations. Five of them will be sleep meditations. I have a seven-page mindfulness starter kit with book recommendations, app recommendations, tips, hints, strategies, uh, research articles, like everything that you could need to dive deeper into the work of mindfulness. So this is like completely free. Uh, and it just, if, if people want to go deeper, this is there. So um, there's also a link to, I have like a 31 day mindfulness course. If you were interested in just learning uh, in the comfort of your own home, there's a, a small price for that, but there's plenty of other stuff there to get going if you don't want to do that. Uh, so if you just text your email address to 631 631- Three three seven eight two nine eight. That'll be in your inbox within like thirty seconds. And That's all my crazy. contact yeah, info yeah. is there. Um, 
uh, I'm on a lot of the social media, so primarily I put a lot of my teachings on Instagram. So you can find me at Corey Mascara, C-O-R-Y-M-U-S-C-A-R-A. And then on Facebook, um, I, I live stream a lot of my events. I've seen those. Yeah, I've so seen those. I've those tuned videos. in. I've tuned in. Yeah. So to find that, you'd have to go to my professional page, um, which if you just type in facebook.com forward slash Corey Mascara, that'll come up. And if you like the page, you'll get the, the updates when those are there. Um, oh, and your website, right? Yeah. CoreyMascara.com or LIMindfulness.com is where all my workshops are listed. Awesome. Well, Corey, uh, like I said, it's been an honor having you on, you know, just – who, who would have thought, you know, years ago that we'd be on a podcast again? Like, I'm, you know, having you on, you'd be doing this, all this great <laughs> stuff. Uh, so it's pretty crazy where life, you know, ends up taking you. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So you have a tremendous future ahead of you. So uh, thank you again. Please, everyone, if you are interested at all, please go check it out. Uh, one more question. Yeah. Your favorite sleep meditation because I, I i i am one to you know i'll be up at 2 30 in the morning trying to sleep and i'm just there like oh my god this is going to be the worst night's sleep ever yeah what is your favorite is well, there a favorite well i mean i because i'm going to use it tonight if you get that email that i send out there's one called uh waking up in the middle of the night that will help specifically with that the biggest thing with insomnia is that the more that we fight the insomnia the more it's going to push back on us so um by actually taking the perspective of all right, I'm awake right now. Mm-hmm. Can I just allow myself to be awake without trying to force myself to fall asleep? Often that's enough to start to pacify the mind and, and settle in. But there's a lot of stuff in those meditations that will walk you through that more intimately. I am going to text the number once we're done with this. So awesome. uh, absolutely, my man, it's been a pleasure. Uh, tremendous work. Keep it up. Uh, thank you again. Uh, who knows who I'm going to have on next, but uh, it was an honor having uh, Corey on. Uh, like I said, go reach out to Corey. He's a tremendous fellow. Uh, And yeah, Corey, it was a pleasure. Thank you. My pleasure. Best of luck with this. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Sit Down with Justin Starr. Make sure to tune into the next episode to hear all about more journeys through life. Get more inspired and chat with Justin on Twitter at JStarSitDown and on Instagram at The Sit Down with JStar. If you liked today's episode, please rate and review. And we'll catch you next time on The Sit Down with Justin Starr.